we we had a great time with that uh, first centennial, but I think the second one's going to be uh, going to be even more fun. I hope I'm there for it. I don't think I'm going to be there not, for it. <laughs> if not in human form, then maybe <laughs> in spirit maybe I'll be there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> you never know. The cheese the cheese keeps you young, Anastasia. Oh, perfect. I'm like negative eight at this point. Then. <laughs> everyone, it's Anastasia, and this is another episode of That's Rad, a podcast presented by the Littleton Food Co-op. I'm super excited for this next episode because it combines two of my favorite things, cheese and co-ops. As I told this episode's guest, these are two subjects that naturally come up in almost every episode, but this time, it was all intentional. This episode, we're taking an in-depth look at Cabot Creamery. If you're from New England, it's almost a guarantee you're familiar with the name. But you might be thinking, Cabot obviously relates to cheese, but what do they have to do with co-ops? We here at the Littleton Food Co-op love Cabot because they make great products, they're local, and they're a co-op. That's right, dear listener, the full official name of this company is the Cabot Creamery Cooperative. I sat down with Nick, a member of the Cabot team, and we're going to talk about how being a cooperative has made all the difference for Cabot's farmers, land, and customers. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in again. Right now I am joined by Nick Manigan of the Cabot Creamery Cooperative. Nick has worn many hats at Cabot, including, from my understanding, marketing, events, their young cooperator program, recruitment, and packaging production. So we feel very lucky to have him and all of his knowledge here today. So thanks for being here, Nick. Hey, Anastasia. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'd be hard-pressed, I think, to find someone out there, especially in New England, who isn't familiar with the Cabot name and brand. But I think less people out there are familiar with you as the cooperative you are. So I want to talk about that today. To start, has Cabot been a cooperative since the beginning in 1919? Yeah, so, and actually, to take a step back, yeah, it's absolutely a a huge part of what I consider my job to be, and I I think our whole brand team is really always looking, especially here in the Northeast, where everyone knows Cabot, knows it's the world's best cheddar, it probably has one product or another in the fridge. We're always trying to make that connection that that we are a co-op, and and we have farms in each of the New England states and, and in New York. And also that we're a B Corp. So that's a lot of what we're trying to do. And, and yeah, we, uh, we started as a co-op in 1919. So we're actually celebrating, well, 102 years uh, as of last month and, and, uh, very proud of that history. It was actually 94 farm families who came together and they all chipped in $5 per cow and a quart of wood to fire the boiler. Uh, they purchased the local creamery, which was mostly making butter at the time. It was probably uh, the creamery, I think, was about 30 years old at that time. So the farmers purchased it, and it's 
really the same mission today as it was then. Uh, you know, those farmers hoped that they could go further together than they could alone and, and kind of market uh, market a product that, uh, that their brand was producing. Wow, five bucks a cow. If you could find a deal like that anymore. <laughs> well, and you but, know how it is as a co-op, though. If if they ran out of wood, they would have been out there chopping some more to send to the send to the co-op and to the creamery to to get that product out. So it was exactly. a big risk for them, but it really paid off. And we're glad it did. So I thought the best way to learn more about. Cabot as a cooperative would be to go through the seven cooperative principles we all know and love. So I have six more questions here, and each of them correspond to a principle or two. There's some overlap. I'm not going to go and come out and say which goes with which, but I think it'll be pretty easy to tell for our listeners, and maybe your answers will help them too. Um, And just to remind our listeners, the seven cooperative principles are open and voluntary membership, democratic member control, member economic participation, autonomy and independence, education, training, and information, and concern for community. Are you ready, Nick? I think I'm ready. Okay. So my first question when dairy farmers join your co-op, what do you think they're receiving in return for that? Yeah, so I think it goes back again to that to that origin story of those 94 farm families. At that time, especially, but still today, dairy farmers are working maybe 100 hours a week. And uh, some, some of them make their own cheese or, or butter or other dairy products. And we have some of those within our co-op. But but not everyone has the time for that and to and to market it as well and, and figure out the sales and distribution and all those other pieces. So, you know, I think I'd say the first thing is that guaranteed market. You know, we're promising as a co-op to take the member milk and, and market it. And uh, I think I think it's shown over the years, you know, there are some independent dairy farmers out there, but it's a much safer place to be uh, to, to be within a co-op. And then for our members, they are so proud of that Cabot brand, and uh, I know we'll get into a merger into the merger talk later. But uh, you know, when Agrimark and Cabot merged, I think the Agrimark farmers were so excited to have a brand to be able to to bring to market and be proud of. Um, we also have some services that we provide beyond that. We have uh, field reps who are available 24/7 who can help troubleshoot issues if if there's some concern about uh, refrigerating the milk or things like that that happens the bulk tank on the farms so so there's there's a number and, and certainly the members all share the profits too so i'm sure your listeners uh, realize that aspect of it too but but that's that's a big piece of it as well so there's there's a lot that goes into it and in the end we have kind of 800 farm families and it feels like like one big family I like that. That's such a nice sentiment, and it's it's so true, like what you were saying in the beginning. Like, probably everyone in New England has at least one Cabot product sitting in their fridge right now, and I don't think there's any other independent dairy farmer who could say that about their own brand without the help of Cabot. Yeah, it's really, the brand has really come a long way. And, you know, to think about, we we made, started making cheese in the 1930s. Again, it was originally butter for the most part. And 
And the Cabot brand really didn't come around until the 80s. We still have Roberta McDonald, who, who runs our marketing department here, uh, who's kind of uh, brought the brought the brand from from really um, only being distributed in Vermont, not very many people knowing about it. So now you can find it in all 50 states, and and it's uh, you know we we compete with some really big you know, shareholder owned uh, cheese brands. So it's, it's been a, a great story at, at, at points though. We've been near bankruptcy and, and uh, it's been, it's incredible to see how far the brand has come. Yeah. And like you just mentioned, you now have 800 plus dairy farms across New England and New York as your members, and then over a thousand people employed by Cabot how do you manage all of the needs, thoughts, concerns, et cetera, of such a large and diverse group of farmer members? That seems like a struggle. There's, yeah, as you can imagine, even just within the, even within our co-op, as far as the members go, you have 800 farm families. Some of those are, you know, maybe first-generation farms, maybe smaller. We have a number of Amish members in upstate New York and northern Maine. Uh, we have some larger farms, not as large as, you know, some of the farms get out west, but but still there's a, there's a wide range and all kinds of other differences. But ultimately, we have a board of directors that are uh, elected by region, so very similar to how, you know, the U.S. government works, for instance. We're all about that democratic principle that, that all co-ops are, and I'm sure it won't surprise you to hear we have our monthly board meetings, and our senior staff is meeting with those dairy farmer board of directors. We have uh, sectional meetings in the fall. We have reg- uh, regional meetings. We have an annual meeting. We have a number of different committees that our members serve on. We have our uh, legislative and education committee uh, hauling committee. So farmers, our m- farmer members are really involved throughout the organization and, and part of every decision we make. And then, you know, with, with the employees, uh, that, that piece uh, seems relatively simple, I guess, uh, when, when you consider the rest of it. But, um, but I guess I'll just say, you know, our members take really, really good care of us employees. And, uh, you know, I kind of referenced before that it feels like a, a family of 800 member farms. And when we get to annual meeting, it kind of has a certain family reunion uh, feeling or town meeting feeling. Everyone kind of knows each other and that, you know, extends to the employees and they take really good care of us. You know, the employees have pensions and we're all very well compensated and and always feel uh, very appreciated by the farmers. That's great to hear. And the only thing I'll say about your family reunion metaphors hopefully you don't have like a million crazy uncles uh, by the punch bowl you know maybe we can leave that part of the reunion out of the picture um because i would it's a relative that by 800 <laughs> it, well it, it's a very sane group you know it's uh we're <laughs> we all get along well so not to say that we don't have our eccentricities uh certainly myself among them but um, but we we all have fun together and and uh, and we're proud of the product we make. So that's good and and that's really what I think the the core of it, the core of what you need is is just everyone being happy in the end with what you're doing and of being a part of the of the co-op you're a part of. 
Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and I got to tell you, when I joined, I mean, I, so I came to Cabot, well, it's been 12 years full time in the office, but I actually started, uh, I grew up in southern Vermont, went to UVM and moved, followed my eventual life to New York City. And I was just a homesick Vermont kid in New York, having never been there before I moved there. And uh, we were at a concert and they were sampling Cabot cheese. And I just ran up to the table and would not stop talking about the, the product, just love the product. And, you know, that's how most of us got here. So um, <laughs> it's either that or former farmers or, or people who are interested in working for a co-op or a B Corp. Now, for me, I you know, I love the idea of the co-op. I don't think I totally got it before I did it. And now I don't think I could work for anything other than a co-op. But but, yeah, it's a it's it's a very passionate group that way. I feel the exact same. Um, and only since you mentioned it, I don't think I'd be doing my due diligence on behalf of my mother if I did not use this opportunity to um, ask you about free samples of Cabot. But we can talk about that later. What I want to talk about (laughs) now is on your website, you talked about how the purpose of Cabot isn't financial gain, which is what many co-ops talk about. But what I'm curious about is what would you say the purpose then is and how do your members play a role in that yeah so i think really our purpose is to give our members the opportunity to continue farming but we also look at the business through the lens of the triple bottom line and it's really about the the people of the planet and and those profits going to our farmer owners so, you know, we really, uh, it, it's been a difficult, I'd say, couple decades at least for, for dairy farmers. I'm not sure that it's ever been an easy job. It's certainly long hours and, and can be challenging work, but, you know, it's especially recently been, been kind of difficult. And, uh, so we're doing everything we can to, uh, to support them. Uh, pretty much all the dairy farms that are left these days are, are exceptional uh, and diversified. So we have a lot of fun promoting uh, their products as well as Cabot products. So we have farms who do farm stays. Uh, you can find over in New Hampshire, Echo Farm Pudding uh, down in Hinsdale. Um, the herbs did Landaff Creamery Cheese until very recently. Uh, so we promote those brands as well and always love to have a lot of partners to to cooperate with, uh, including our own members. And beyond that, we're always also trying to support the communities that our farmers are farming in. So, uh, and really they're throughout the whole Northeast. And, and we're also trying to support the, the communities where we sell our product, which is really the rest of the country too. But but especially where we have our farmers and employees, we're, we're trying to honor uh, the kind of community spirit that they have, you know, going back, 800 farm families, they can all be very different in terms of size and experience and and those details. But I think one of the things at the heart of all of those farmers is, you know, in addition to a desire to to feed people, it's also uh, that community spirit. And so we have so many farmers who are firefighters or on the school board or coaches at their school and, you know, most of them multi-generational. So, you know, eight generations of firefighters in the same family, you know, just incredible stories that are really uh, just so centered in the communities that they live in. Yeah, I always say that one great thing about co-ops and their communities is it's not just some organization or some business coming in the community. It's 
it's made up of that community. So it's great that you, and, and by you I mean Cabot, obviously, are are honoring those communities and giving back to them the same way that they're giving Absolutely. to you through the co-op. Yeah, and we love, you know, we've got all kinds of great programs. The team does a great job. We've got an education team that has, oh, educational patches, mostly for K through 12, and they'll work with a lot of scout groups. They have a B Corp patch and a pollinator patch and, and a farm patch uh, and uh, and a co-op patch and, and some literacy programs and healthy shopping and all kinds of things that are just great ways to to engage the community, kind of give the next generation a, a good start. Uh, and then we love working with, with other groups like the Rotaries and American Red Cross and, and others on, on different promotions. So everything we do on the marketing side, you know, we, we are competing against some big national brands, and, and we do have to market our farmers' brands, and we do have a budget for that, albeit, you know, not nearly what it is for a national brand. But we want to use that to, to work with a food bank and support one of their events. And so, you know, we're still promoting the brand, but also doing good in the community. And we feel great about that. And that's kind of how it's been, you know, since, since the beginning. I think it's been a lot of smaller type of events. And you, you don't see a lot of Cabot commercials or anything like that. It's really more grassroots. And, and we love doing it. And it definitely, well, I can speak for myself, it definitely makes the consumer feel better about being a part of it, too. Now, you hinted at this a little earlier, but Cabot has been around for over 100 years and in that time has seen a few major mergers, including Agrimark, which is a fellow co-op from southern New England, in 1992, and the Saturday Cooperative of New York in 2003. So what kind of impact did we, the consumers who are buying your product, see for that? How, if any, did that change Cabot and your products? And what kind of pathways or opportunities did those mergers open up for you? Well, I think, you know, that was one of those times I referenced uh, where Cabot was really struggling at that point in time. And, you know, I don't know all the details on, on what went into that. I think we'd won World's Best Cheddar. We had, you know, maybe 150 member farms somewhere in that neighborhood, I, I believe, at that time. And my sense is it was probably just a stage that a lot of businesses go through where expand, can you expand, where do you expand, you know, what do you have for capital to make that happen? Ultimately, Agrimark came along and, you know, like you said, fellow co-op, they were very interested in, in having a brand. They'd actually, uh, at one time earlier, just a few years earlier, really, purchase Hood Milk Company along with Agway, uh, and it didn't work out, but they were kind of, again, interested in having a home for the member milk and, you know, have a brand and kind of have the guts to say, you know, we're going to do this on our own, and we want to get out of the commodity business and get into that value-added business. And and so that's what they did with that merger, and I think, you know, most Cabot farmers at that time understood the realities of it and, and went along with it. Obviously, there, there was a vote, and it happened. So that's how it is with with co-ops, you know, uh, and ultimately our, our co-op is, has been a series of mergers. The Chattagay co-op was the same way, uh, they, and they have a very strong brand, too. Our sister brand, McAdam, has a very similar history. They became a cooperative, the brand itself, in, in the 1930s, but that cheese plant had been operating since 
the 1870s, I believe. So a long, proud history and great products, hopefully, as far as consumers went. Uh, hopefully, they just saw uh, more great products. You know, it, it, it didn't change the quality. It was all great quality. So just, just a few more options, a few more farmers to call your neighbors. Yeah, I mean, I... Well, let's be real. I was not around in 1992, um, but that sounds great to say that's that's the impact. And I think sometimes when when co-ops get really big or they have these mergers or acquisitions with other companies, whether they be co-ops or not, you can sometimes forget that at the heart of it, it's still the members' decisions, and the members are still voting on these things. So it's not like it was just all swept up and then lost, like the co-op principles and values are still there and still in that decision. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not It's not like a, a takeover or anything. This is all co-op members voting on these things and having those discussions. And, you know, for, I wasn't I, – I was alive then. I, was, I wasn't there, but um, here are the stories. And, and there were some – there were a lot of concerns. It was it was a very thoroughly vetted decision, I'll put it that way. And, and I still hear about people who are uh, – from people who are in those rooms and – those are some interesting stories and interesting times, but ultimately you took two struggling co-ops and, and now they're really, really doing a great job and again, competing against national brands and, and in a good place as far as those brands go. And that's really what kind of a co-op is, bringing all these people together so they can do more than the sum of their parts. Absolutely. So we were talking a little bit before we started this, about how we're both so passionate about co-ops. So one thing that I'm curious to know is what kind of education or training about co-ops do CAPA employees go through, either before they start or over their tenure? How do you teach them about co-ops? Yeah, so that, that's interesting. I think the farmer side is, almost, is, is at least as interesting. But I'll start with employees. We have a, a pretty great orientation process, and a lot of that is focused on, you know, making people aware of what it is to be a co-op and a B Corp as well. But it is different, and I think it can, it deserves a little bit of orientation. So you see a lot of managers who will send their new folks out to visit a member farm. In my case, I get to go on a couple field rep ride-alongs and visit quite a few farms. I, I was very fortunate that way. Um, I, I will see. I know there are people who would love to see that happen for all new employees, but but it, it does take take some time, certainly. Um, but we have a great video that highlights several uh, members talking about what what they like about the co-op, what they hope for from employees, how they feel about employees, and and those things. So just that sense uh, that we are a co-op and, and really one big family uh, in it together and just kind of orienting people to that mission. We do have a number of opportunities. We have some education reimbursement. So there are quite a few colleagues I have who have uh, maybe gotten their MBAs or associate's degrees or, or different training. I went through the UVM management training course. We also have some internal manager trainings and, and other trainings as well. One of the really great things about our co-op, and I think it's because it's a co-op, people stick around so long. I, I told you I've been here 12 years and 15, if you count my time sampling in New York, and I'm still the new guy. It's 
it's really been uh, incredible to see the number of people who have been here for 20, 30, 40 years. We've had some make it 50. So the amount of uh, knowledge we have within the company is incredible. 50 years, that's awesome. Really something. And then on the farmer side, I should mention, we have a whole young cooperator group. They really do a great job exposing our young farmers to all aspects of the company. Because, of course, someday they're going to have to be the board member, the voting rep, resolutions committee member, and so on. So we're really counting on them to be the people to make the decisions that are going to carry us for the next 100 years. I think at this point, can't put off talking about it any longer. We've mentioned it now a number of times, but this whole B Corp thing. So in addition to being a cooperative, Cabot is also a B Corporation. What does that mean, and why did you all choose to be incorporated this way? Yeah, so – B Corp stands for Benefit Corporation, and we were the first dairy cooperative certified back in 2012. It's a very intense process. I know a lot of people haven't heard about it, so we're always happy to talk about it. The B Corp assessment, really you're looking through every aspect of your business and and some of the outcomes. So they're looking at uh, what your sustainable practices are, what your purchasing practices are, uh, hiring policies, compensation packages, where the profits for the company are going, what kind of good you're doing in the community. It takes a good three or four months to go through that assessment. Anyone, any, anyone who's been through it will tell you it's, it's a heavy lift and, you know, you really have to have a lot of the good work as a prerequisite. Uh, so you're already doing some amazing things and then you have to do a few months of paperwork on top of it. But, it's been an incredible community to join. You know, we always felt good about everything we were doing as a co-op and, and believing in the seven cooperative principles. Um, I think what B Corp added for us was a little bit more of a way to calibrate where we stood relative to other companies. And, and so it affirmed some of the things that we thought we were doing well. Some things, you know, maybe we identified as ways we could improve, and it's been great for that, too. So... Uh, and it's also one of those things when we talked about opportunities for for education before, you know, we have B Corp meetings and, and opportunities to learn from uh, from that community quite often. And it's been a real benefit to be a part of it. Some of the some of our fellow B Corps are, you know, Patagonia. Vermont has one of the highest per capita rates of B Corp. So companies like Ben and Jerry, Seventh Generation, King Arthur Flower, Gardner Supply. Uh, the Alchemist, down the line, you know, companies that everyone knows do a great job that we're just so proud to to work with uh, when we're able. Yeah, so basically what I'm hearing is, like, it just kind of made sense. Like, there wasn't a reason not to. You're already doing these things, and and like you said, it's giving you kind of measurable outcomes of what you're doing and then ways to compare to other people and and with this community, you're getting more ideas of ways you can do even better and, and using the cooperative principles as kind of foundation for all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And even right now, so you have to, you actually have to recertify every three years. So we're going through a recertification right now. And, um, and there's still always something, some new idea that comes out of those conversations on something we could 
do better and it, you know, it improved the score. Now, you know, it's great to have a high score, but it's better to have, you know, a company that you're really proud of and to, to not miss any pieces. And, you know, we all, we all get busy. There's things that we focus on more than, more than others. Uh, so it's, it's great to have that assessment to, to be thinking about the whole picture and, and all the ways we can improve. Well, I think constant improvement is like the, the eighth yet to be added cooperative principles. But I think we about covered all the seven actual ones. But I don't think I can let you leave without asking, Nick, what is your favorite Cabot product? I I thought you might ask me this, and it is such a hard <laughs> question for me. I I have to tell you, I always have the Alpine cheddar, the pepper jack, the extra sharp in the fridge. Cottage cheese is always in my fridge, too. If I'm doing a kind of more fancy uh, dinner, if we're bringing, you know, a, a housewarming gift or something, it's probably a Cabot cloth bound or the three-year. I, lo- I love those cheeses. We also have a um, new triple cream yogurt that, that has served as my dessert quite a bit recently. And uh, th- those are some – there's some great flavors in there. There's some chocolate and red velvet salted caramel and that uh, triple cream yogurt is incredible so so a lot of favorites Anastasia that's how you end up being a cheese guy (laughs) it's I knew it was a hard question when I asked and I I thought I would get either no answer or multiple answer but (laughs) they're they're like children obviously Well, yeah. everyone says that, but it's always like, well, we all know you secretly have your favorite anyway, <laughs> but. <laughs> well, what's your favorite? Oh, well, throw it back at me. Um, <laughs> again, too many to actually choose one. I am a huge fan of the everything bagel cheddar. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that one came just... from an employee competition to come up with a new product idea. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, one of our sales reps' husbands uh, always liked to take his cheddar, and he would have a bagel in the morning, but he hated losing all the stuff off the top of the bagel. So he'd take the cheddar and just gather it up on there. So they submitted the idea, and that's that's the one that won. I love that so much. But sometimes, you know, you're just in a classic mood, and it's, it's the extra sharp does it for me, um, specifically the pre-cut. The cracker cuts, yeah. The cracker, like, best invention since sliced bread is sliced cheese. Sliced cheese. In my my humble opinion. And now I'm really excited to try these yogurts. Um, Especially, I love anything red velvet. So I'm really looking forward Uh to that. But, Nick, thank you so much again. Everyone, if you want to learn more about Cabot Creamy Cooperative, and how they are upholding all the cooperative values and principles that we talked about today, you can go online to their website, which is cabotcheese.coop, where they also have a ton of great information on what it means to be a co-op in general. You know, if you hadn't learned enough already from our podcast. But, yeah, thank you again, Nick. This is great. Hey, thank you. It was a pleasure to join. Thanks for listening to another episode of That's Rad. 
a podcast presented by the Littleton Food Co-op. Did you enjoy learning more about Cabot Creamery Cooperative? I know I had a great time chatting with Nick and blending Cabot and the cooperative principles, seeing how they all function together. So thanks a lot, Nick. I know their cheese is so good to be good with, but let me know if it tastes any better knowing it comes from a co-op and a certified B Corp. Also, let me know what you thought of this episode by leaving a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening on. We're now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud, making it easier to take the cooperative spirit with you wherever you go. Until we speak again, well, I speak, you listen again, I hope you have a great rest of your week, and remember to eat, sleep, and be rad. Rad is a production of the Littleton Food Co-op. Anastasia Marr directs and hosts. Jesse Smith and Annie Stewart produce. Becky Colpitz provides unrelenting positivity and moral support. The Littleton Food Co-op is Littleton, New Hampshire's community-owned grocery store. We put our money where your mouth wants to be. Local farms, of course. No membership is required to shop here. Come check us out sometime just off exit 41 at 43 Bethlehem Road in Littleton. Or if you're online, check us out at littletoncoop.com.